a special isolation edition of Eat This with Leanne. Here's Leanne Phillipson. Dinner, dinner, dinner. Well, we had to round out the last of the rehab series with our final installment about dinner. The Mac Daddy of all meals in the day. It's the anchor. It's where the family comes together and the three meals of the day are nicely squared away as you sit down for this nightly meal. While I talked about a bunch of myths to do with breakfast and even snacks, dinner and myths, they're not so Google worthy apparently. But that's not to say that this end of the day meal isn't without its unhealthy habits and some of those, of course, we need to talk about. I like the sound of that. What's the best time to eat dinner? How late is too late for dinner? And how early is too early? Should we eat dinner with our families? And why do we love eating dinner while we're watching TV? Nervous said, aha. So today on Eat This with Leanne, dinner rehab. All about some helpful habits that you can build while eating dinner at the table or before, and some of the best ways to be more in sync with your body's clock. And as always, a few shares from my community, they offered up what they're eating, and stick around towards the end for some of my favorite go-to dinners. meals carry some emotional weight, but there seems to be a lot more emotional and cultural stress about dinner. And what I mean by that is it seems to represent more than maybe what it should. Sometimes I think people feel a lot of pressure to sit down at the table and have that square meal. And like there's I don't know, something out there that there's a standard maybe that's been put in place that you have to live up to. So when I was younger, my mom would make a proper dinner uh, for when my dad got home at 5.30 every day. It wasn't quite the pipe and slippers situation, but his slippers were always at the front door, just where he'd left them. He'd take off his shoes, put away his briefcase, and dinner would be shortly on the table. Well, I guess that was unless there was a wait till your dad gets home situation that he had to deal with first. Because, <laughs> you know, there was a bunch of those and that normally involved me. <laughs> wait till your father gets until your father gets. Wait till your father gets home. <laughs> I am not surprised. Nope. Oh. Yeah. I know there's some people that might be there's some people that won't be. Yeah. I'll take so, uh, obvious for 100, Alex. <laughs> nice one. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> uh, so golf was and still is my dad's passion, even at the age of 89. And when I was a kid, about once a year or so, I think, I don't really remember, he'd go off somewhere warm and sunny for a week. It probably was during dinner. Sorry, not during dinner. It was probably during winter. And he'd play a week of golf, maybe in Arizona or whatever, with his buddies. When he was gone, it was like my mom was on a meal vacation. For dinner, we'd have hot dogs or grilled cheese or baked beans and really just anything that was super fast and easy. So somehow it was okay to eat this way because my dad wasn't there. That totally felt off for me. And clearly I've remembered it because I'm telling you the story. And I really never understood why those typical lunchtime foods weren't fair game for, for dinner. I guess 
maybe it was modeled that way for her. And then it was kind of modeled that way for me and my sisters. Have you ever noticed that in movies, the most dramatic scenes often happen around a dinner time? Or the most romantic nights out is always about getting together at dinner, the couple getting to know each other across the table, those lovely loving eyes and the tension of, will they kiss at the end? What happens if it goes well or she slaps soup down her front? Those scenes, well, they can feel warm and cozy like it's a, like it's a place to belong. I'm sure that plays into somehow how we feel about this meal and kind of just how we relate to it. Dinner for you could represent a real family structure and stability. And while I talk about this in terms of a connection, coming together, there are obvious health benefits to eating with your family. I also think that dinner doesn't necessarily say everything about you as a family. In other words, while that vision of the whole family being around the dinner table, laughing and joking, you know, that's a pretty beautiful one. I don't think that you're a bad family or you're necessarily worse off just because you don't eat dinner together. Certainly before all this quarantine isolation stuff happened, parents were going in different directions. One kid's going to soccer, the other one's going to dance and never the twain shall meet and dinner's happening in the car. These days, it's maybe a little bit a little bit different, but I still think it's worth talking about. There are plenty of other opportunities where you can find some time to bond. You know, right now in Toronto, we're getting into summer and that could look like a picnic or maybe a barbecue, but you still get a lot of health benefits. What comes from that meal, depending on what's on your plate and also your family being together. With all that in mind, I want to think a little bit differently about dinner because of when it happens in the day, it might feel like all meals lead to dinner. And that can make up for skipping some meals. Maybe if you haven't eaten well during the day, you think I'll make up for it at dinner. Well, that's not necessarily true. In fact, I don't think it should be the largest meal of the day. A little more on that later. Like I said in the breakfast episode, I don't think any meal is more important than the other. They're all important in different ways. And when we think about it that way, we might actually be more willing to give each meal the attention and care that it deserves. Well, that's what I would like anyway. So before I get to some helpful habits that you can build at dinner time, you know, I went out and I asked my community what they're eating. Let's see what Leanne's social media has to say. This time, I prefaced the ask by saying it does not need to be healthy. Because I think when people post, they they think that I'm going to look at 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 their at their meals or whatever their breakfast. If there's no quinoa, and that's not good enough. I know exactly what's happening. They're like, look at me. We're healthy. We're listening. That's right. That's right. They're trying to impress Mama. Yep. And you don't always have to do that because I'm going to share with you a little bit of my dinner sometimes, and it might surprise you. Uh-oh. Let me just tell you. Ooh, some All dirty right. secrets. Let's go. Oh, some dirty <laughs> secrets. So, do you remember Lana? In episode 16, where we uh, we talked to five different people, this was the Real People in Real Stories episode. And Lana, oh my, she was totally rocking it. Do you remember this, Chris? She was three-week meal planning. Yep. <laughs> it was just like, we were both, holy crap, well done. This is awesome. Well, she was brutally honest, so thank you, Lana. And she said, while we normally strive for healthy and well-balanced dinners, Last night was a dietary shit show. We had fish and chips. Yes. And 
And I have no regrets. I feel better already. And I, you know, if I could have put some sort of emoji on there for Lana, I love that, you know, because there are days when it just, that's just how it's going to roll. So I'll add in here that there are nights when my girls are with their dad because they go back and forth between their, their father and me. My dinner ends up being a bowl of popcorn. And that's it. And sometimes if I find that that's just too much to do and I can't even stretch to getting the pot out and heat the oil, well, you know, it's a bag of chips okay, or a, a bowl of chips. Wait a, minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Have you never heard of microwave popcorn? What's with this pot and oil stuff? Okay. So I do still have standards, even though I'm having a crap dinner. <laughs> what? Microwave popcorn yeah. is toxic toxic and it's not a boundary that I cross. Tastes exactly the same. Tastes exactly the same. We call that chemical corn around these parts. (laughs) This train is off the tracks. Okay, totally off piste here. I'm going to give you guys, you listeners and Chris, a (laughs) recipe to make homemade popcorn and then try and tell me that it doesn't taste better. La 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 la. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. La 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 la. (laughs) Okay, three tablespoons of coconut oil okay. and a third of a cup to half a cup of pop of popcorn, like, you know, corn kernels. Right. Throw that into your big pot, swish it around and hey, presto, you can pile all the butter you want onto it. You can put on, I sometimes just put on more coconut oil just because I throw a little bit more in the pan. And then after that, I might put on some truffle salt. I might put on sriracha salt. If my kids make it, they mix butter with maple syrup and salt, and that's what they put on it. Mm. And I'm not sure that that we've actually had that for dinner. We've definitely had it very swiftly after dinner before. (laughs) I do try and model to my kids that maybe a bowl of popcorn is not dinner, but I'm not that perfect that I'm going to be above it because some days it just, that's just how we roll. So there you go. Try that out. Totally off piece there, but that's it. All right. So back to it. Our sugar-free friend. Do you remember Barry from episode eight? He had a garden salad with salmon over rice and the goddess dressing, which I thought sounded absolutely delicious if I wasn't making it myself. (laughs) Rebecca said that she, Rebecca, because some days I don't want to make dinner either. Rebecca said she made a travesty of fried rice, which include quinoa, ground turkey, lots of spring garlic. She says she gets one of those boxes delivered. So she's got all sorts of great stuff that she finds she needs to use up. And she added in some some onions and the beet greens and just stir fried them all up in some sort of healthy fried rice. Uh, Angie, she's a mom of uh, baby Casey. She was also in episode 16 and she learned how to make bolognese from scratch on TikTok. (laughs) So she made rigatoni to go with it because of the tubular pasta. She shoved all that sauce in there. It's really easy for her son, who I think must be about nine months old now, to hold on to, and he sucks the sauce right out. Beautiful. He's totally figured it out. I think any adult would like to do that one too. (laughs) So Ryan, he ate al fresco, and he had uh, some burgers on the barbecue. Which actually, last night, I went and had a distanced dinner with a friend in her backyard, and she made me a burger on her, she's trying to master her barbecue, and it was awesome. 
them. It tasted so good. Proper, uh, not even coals, wood and all that kind of stuff. Wow. So that was amazing with some lovely grass-fed beef. So again, staying in my lane. Uh, <laughs> Sarah, <laughs> Sarah, she made a homemade California Reuben on a whole wheat panini. She put in turkey, some coleslaw, some Swiss cheese, and some spicy mayo. And Lana, she's down in the U.S. while well, we're up here in Canada. And a restaurant just happened to reopen in town after being closed since February the 29th. So it was a big thing. They just went out for dinner. She had a California burrito, which was ground beef, cheese on the inside, topped with lots of lettuce, tomatoes, and green onions with rice and beans and a big glass of water rock on. And I believe that Lana might have also commented before that she's rocking the burrito thing. And that turns, she literally turns that dinner into breakfast the next day. You go. Kelly inspired me with her grilled chicken dinner, her Caesar salad, and then she made crabbed stuffed mushrooms. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. I had to ask about them and said, like, wow. And so she shared the recipe. I'm going to put that in the show notes for you guys, too, because I have got to check it out. So you'll find that over on leannephillipson.com. Straight from her happy place, you're listening to a special isolation edition of Eat This with Leanne Philipson. Okay, so let's talk about some healthful dinner habits. The first habit, try not to be eating dinner while you're watching TV, you're binging your latest and greatest Netflix show, or watch a bunch of YouTube videos on your phone. And if you can, try not to work while you're eating either because you always need to be mindful when you're eating. In our lunch episode, we talked about how eating too quickly, that can lead to indigestion since you can swallow air and your stomach doesn't have teeth. Eating too fast while your mind is on something else, well, it doesn't allow for the whole digestive cascade of hormones and enzymes to do their things. And in the end, you probably eat too much or you just end up feeling full and you're not really sure why. I'll even add the importance of remembering and paying attention to your hunger. If we don't eat mindfully, then the chances are we're really not processing our foods to our brains either. Did you know that there is a hormone in your stomach called ghrelin that then talks to your brain and says, okay, I'm done. It's called, it's a hormone's called what? Gremlin? Almost. Ghrelin. Oh, ghrelin. G-H-R-E-L-L-I-N. I like like the idea of gremlin. I got like a little green guy down there going. (laughs) And then he just takes a, you know, a short hop, skip and a jump up to your brain and goes, all right, that's enough, buddy. You're done. Hey, Giz, you want some? You want some chicken? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I, when you, as soon as you said gremlin, the little, the 10 year old in me popped up. Of course. I know. <laughs> it's such a funny one. <laughs> okay. So when I'm talking about remembering and paying attention right. to your, your hunger, it's not like we're, we're not storing the right memories so that our bodies can think, oh, I already ate and, you know, I don't need to eat later. So if you're not paying attention, then you might kind of almost forget and then you think, oh, I've got to go and eat something. So it can lead to a little bit more of that midnight snacking and some of that late night hunger. It does come down to the psychology of what you're eating just as much as the physiology of what's going on in your body. 
I get it though. We do get a huge rush of dopamine when we eat dinner and we watch something entertaining at the same time. It's like our two favorite things that we do as human eat and, you know, smile and laugh, but maybe your family can provide that for you, even if it's once a week or more. Now I know Chris that you and your family, you have a practice of sitting down and you're main meal of the day is a really important one. Dinner has become the meal. I mean, it's, it's our generation, right? We were raised to sort of yep. sit down at the table, right? And that's the yep. way it, and it, it wasn't always entertaining. Sometimes it was awkwardly quiet, uh, yep. but we sat down and we stared across the table or down at our plates and in awkward silence or oftentimes just little stories would pop up. So my kids have become a huge source of entertainment for me. Sometimes I ask them the most crazy questions Anything, okay. I, anything I can think of just to pick their brains. It might be about TV. It might be about politics. It might be about uh, mm. memories. Oftentimes memories pop up all the time about, uh, do you remember this? Do you remember that? And that's what starts the conversation. Now, some people at dinner time, it's the first time in the day that they actually allow themselves to sit down and kind of like shut off from their day. So there's all sorts of different practices around this. Some experts will definitely say, please don't eat dinner while you're watching TV. But sometimes I think if you just try not to, or you be aware of it. And, and I'm bringing this up because this speaks more to habits. So we have these habits where one night, so can we have dinner in front of the TV? Sure, let's do that. And then it was enjoyable. So then you go go back again the next night. And then you go back again the next night. And then you realize like, oh, my jeans are a little bit tighter or I'm not really stopping eating or my plate was fuller and, and now I want a little bit more or I have to have that dessert. So there's a lot of different things that can happen as these habits start. So I'm bringing this up because once you realize that this is a new habit and you think, how did I get here? Then you can just start to take a couple of steps back. Moderation is always key. It's not that it's bad to eat in front of the TV, but just not on a daily basis. So it might be time to, you know, kind of look towards your family for the entertainment. And, you know, while sometimes it can feel like a lot of pressure, like Chris said, I remember sitting at the table, we always had to be there, elbows off the table, use your knife and fork, cut properly. You know, I've done that with my kids too, because that's what was modeled for me. Once we can, at this stage of isolation, have start to have friends over, then maybe that is your family. I know I'm going to try and, you know, have dinner with as many people as possible because boy, oh boy, am I craving my friends. You'll be able to do all the stuff you want. So there's a ton of research that suggests that eating with your family on a regular basis is associated with improved cardiovascular health. There's better test scores, higher vocabulary from kids and lower stress levels. And if you have a teen in the house, like I do, and I think Chris, you do too, yep. don't buy into that pop culture myth of that moody teenager who wants to stay in their room or eat by themselves. One survey found that 80% of teenagers actually like having dinners with their family rather than eating by themselves. And dinner is the most likely time that they'll actually talk to their parents. You want a little of this? Yeah, I want all of that. So when is the best time to have dinner? There's not really a right time for anyone like six or seven, but there are some things to keep in mind. First of all, insulin, the hormone that takes care of the carbohydrate or the sugar aspects of our meals, actually it works all day long and doesn't do its best work in the evening. So what that means is that our blood sugar can be higher and less stable 
If you're eating a large carb heavy dinner, then it just throws everything off much easier than if that carb rich meal was eaten earlier in the day. So that's often why it's best to eat a slightly lighter dinner or adjust so that there's less carbs on your plate. So maybe switch out the potatoes or the pasta for a little bit more lean protein, of course, vegetables. I'm going to say that, of course. <laughs> maybe some beans, some lentils, put some a little bit more fish, some lean beef, some chicken, or even just some eggs. They're so quick for dinner. Okay, second, in terms of the habits, it's actually a really good idea to have a snack about two to three hours for dinner. Now, that I know that sounds really counterintuitive, like a snack before dinner. I think I grew up saying, don't eat that because dinner's nearly ready. And of course, you're just sneaking that snack because you just can't make it to dinner sometimes. But a snack a little while before can actually prevent you from overeating and set you up for that lighter meal at the end of the day. That's where some protein will come in handy. So because protein really gives you that satisfying full feeling. So a snack might look like a low fat yogurt, not too fruity because that's a lot of sugar. You can add in some high fiber cereals, put some berries on top, maybe just a peanut butter and a banana smoothie or tahini if you're Chris and don't go anywhere near nuts <laughs> and throw that in with a banana, blend it up and presto. If you want something a little less filling, of course, you can always have just a piece of fruit and some veggies. Generally, it's just a great idea not to just wait. Think, oh, just got to wait for dinner. Just got to wait for dinner. Because if you show up starving, having staved off eating your arm by the time you get to the <laughs> dinner table, you're far more likely to eat way too fast and eat too much all at the same time. And, you know, when they bring the bread basket to the table, oh, it's like impossible not to inhale. So as I said before, our bodies are best at handling those carb-rich meals earlier in the day than later in the evening. So let's summarize. Some of the best habits is to not eat in front of the TV, especially not every single night, and also to have a snack maybe about two or three hours before dinner so you're not turning up at the table absolutely starving and you're maybe going to have like that low carb dinner and then after you've done that the kitchen clothes sign can go up but what about you midnight snackers out there i see you what does this mean for that midnight snack and is eating dinner you know what's the deal with that like late 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 or right before you go to bed because sometimes that happens Again, it depends on what bad means for you. And that's just such an odd word to use anyway, but that's kind of what we conjure up in our heads. We're told uh, that eating before bed can lead to heart problems or obesity. So let's challenge that just a little bit and think about what exactly are you eating before bed for that to cause a problem. Of course, I'm going to say it's best to avoid junk food, heavy desserts for that midnight snack or doing a bit of a ice cream run because I know that's what Chris likes too. These sugar, kind of sugary type of things, they can tend to trigger cravings and um, may make you go past your daily calorie needs. It can just completely blow it out of the water, let's be honest here, depending on what ice cream you're getting. <laughs> but there's no harm in mixing a little bit of protein or fat together, as long as you can find something that maybe isn't so much of a, we call it a chemical cone too. We have words for these kind of for these kind of things. And that's not to say that my kids don't have them. They just realize what it is that they're having so they don't have it as often. And I think that's really important to say there. 
So there's some evidence to show that if you eat a little bit of fat before bed, it can help you with your sleep quality. So maybe some peanut butter or nut butters, seed butter with some crackers that might do the trick, or maybe a bit of cheese and some fruit together. We got through some of the what to do's, the habits, and how you can start to build those. And I want to share some of my favorite dinner dishes because I promised that earlier. All these recipes are in my book, Sprout Right Family Food. My first one is taco night. I created not only the recipe for making incredibly delicious tacos where I grate zucchini, carrot, and onion into the taco meat, but it's actually the favorite picture that we put together in my book because it's a styled mess. This is, (laughs) you know, food styled, but it's a bit of a mess. And that just, to me, made me feel like this is what it's all about. I have made taco night for so many kids who've come over for so many families because they love it. They get to build it themselves. They can pile it up with cheese. They can I'm always saying, please put a little bit more greens or put that avocado on there or whatever. But, you know, it's like have at it. And the mess that comes with it is just beautiful. My other recipe that I love are crispy chicken nibbles. So they're just, they just jazz up your regular whole hum chicken. And I find them really fast to make. And of course, with a side of sweet potato fries, which I'm quite well known for, that I season with garlic powder and paprika. Uh, and then put a sauce on the side. And that is what, how does it go? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yes. <laughs> and and I do love a good barbecue with some, again, staying in my lane, some grass-fed burgers from my favorite butcher. And they also have the most incredible short ribs, which are just, they just melt in your mouth. Throw on some potato on the side and a massive salad. And I am a happy girl. So I've mentioned a few times throughout the past few episodes about my cook together series, where I cooked like nonstop for a month entirely, and then started to take weekends off. So you'll find a lot of videos on SproutRite's Facebook page and also on SproutRite's YouTube channel. So there's, I think has to be like close to 40 dinner videos from my book that can inspire you no matter where you're at or what you have for your din din. Of course, as I said, some of the recipes are in my book, Sprout Right Family Food. You'll find that over on SproutRight.com. So please head on over to social media. I want to hear what are you guys having for dinner right now? What's uh, what's your favorite? I love being inspired and actually get ideas from you guys too. And, you know, we're all in this together. So the more we share, the more we help everybody out. So thanks so much for tuning in today. Please share this episode with your family, with your friends, and no matter what your dinner looks like, even if it's a bowl of popcorn like mine sometimes, remember to eat this one mouthful at a time. I assume that that's what you all want.